You're now listening to All Hog Sports. Covering all Arkansas Razorback sports, such as football, basketball, baseball, and much more. Now, here's your host for today's show, Sam Stimson. Arkansas wrapped up their regular season with a defeating loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide, 52-3. to It was a rough one, but obviously you're playing the number one seed in the country, who in my opinion will likely win it all this year. Bama. It's a hard thing to do. We've lost 13 straight to this Alabama team, and you know, as long as Zick Saban's there, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. What he's been able to do with that program is phenomenal, but we'll talk about the game. A couple takeaways that are positive, even though it was a rough game overall. If you like what you're hearing, though, make sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pod. I tweet out stuff about the show, opinions around the SEC, and I've actually been starting to bring out basketball power rankings, and I'll talk about that on tomorrow's show, which will be about basketball. I know I've been kind of slacking a little bit. I had to wrap up some stuff, but I should be having a ton of content out in December, and I think this Razorback team is bound for a bowl game, so I'll have an in-depth preview like never before for that one. But if you like what you're hearing, make sure to leave a five-star review. Now for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say there's no positives out of this. You know, we just got defeated. Sure, that's true. But I think there is a couple positives out of this. Trey Knox had a really good game, and he got a catch. And I know he really hasn't been the guy that ye- this year. But he's a really good downfield blocker. And I thought he brought that, you know, intensity and everything he's been doing down the field on Saturday. I think he's going to play a really good game next year, too, assuming we get all three starting wide receivers back because I think Warren will be returning for his extra year eligibility. But I like the role he has with the team right now. I'd like to see it in the bowl game because I think he has a ton of star potential that we've seen flashes of. Matthew Phillips started as the kicker, and he made a field goal. A lot of Razorback fans aren't going to kind of overlook this, but it's really big, I think. Obviously, you have Cameron Little coming onto the hill, which is the number one kicker in the ESPN rankings, number two just about anywhere else for kicker recruits. Really talented kicker. He'll probably be starting next year, but Matthew Phillips played a pretty good role and looked confident out there. So if we get to a bowl game, I think he'll take the kicking duties over Reed. But this this loss, I just think hurt. You know, I mean, obviously this recap's going to be a little shorter because there's not much to talk about. And you look at the Chad Morris years, and this was week in and week out. We were losing like this to Western Kentucky, San Jose State, North Texas. And the fact that the Razorbacks have played in every game except for the Florida game and the second half of A&M, second half of Florida too, but Bama. The fact that this is the only time that I felt this all year is a good thing. Obviously, Sam Pittman has restored competitiveness to this Razorback football program. I'll talk about that when I recap the whole season after the bowl game or you know whenever we hear more about the end of the season. But this was the only game of the year that we actually lost by this much and it was a crushing defeat we've played in every other game for some of it and there's been a ton of takeaways so that enough 
I think is enough to talk about how much this Razorback football program has improved last year from this year. And then what else is, you know, to come? The fact that we played nine competitive SEC football games, but then the last one we're playing the best team in the nation and we don't compete. That doesn't define a program by who they are. Bama is a really good team. And when I start to look at this game, where it was lost was in the trenches. Obviously, Alabama was dealing with some COVID issues up on the front. I didn't really get a chance to talk about that because I didn't do a preview, but I'll preview, you know, the bowl games and all that in the future. So don't think that's going away. Just didn't have that today. Offensive line, though, Bama, their guys are like all 300-plus pounds. Same thing on their defensive line, all like 300-plus pounds, 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". They have so much depth, too. They lost guys due to COVID, and they had guys who were beating us. So, obviously, Bama is that school, and I don't see it stopping anytime soon. You're playing the best team in the nation, and you lose the game in the trenches. I think that is something that stresses a bigger impact on the season. So you look at what Pittman's talking about in post-game conferences and things like that, is we need offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And I think we will go to JUCO and the transfer portal to find experienced guys that can bring immediate help, and even high school guys. Early National Signing Day is this Wednesday, though, and then the transfer portal and all of that. I'd expect us, though, to grab a couple guys because we have five guys left in that class. But another thing is Franks. For a little bit, Franks restored competitive quarterback play. I mean, he played really good while the time was here. Obviously, he really didn't perform this well this game. Playing against Bama, he took eight sacks, which resulted in 13 carries for a negative 25 yards. He was 8 out of 10 with 90 yards. And the first thing I want to say, he's a warrior and a leader. He obviously leads this team, being one of the captains, Obviously, quarterback play has been so unstable forever, and Franks comes in to get that starting role and plays good. Obviously, I think there is a point where you have to recognize what Franks has done for this program. He didn't have to play. He We could have easily sent, you know, Jack Lindsay or John Stephen Jones, Malik, whoever out there, but Franks kept playing with his rib injury after he took eight sacks in hits. I just love this kid, you know, the amount of competitiveness he's brought to this program, adversity, and he's just a fighter. Now, whether it comes back for 2020 or not, not sure on that, but what he's done for this program is undeniable, and I think doesn't get the recognition it deserves. KJ Jefferson, though, he played a little bit because we wanted to change the tempo up, but then he didn't play too well. Then we put Franks back in, then we start getting beat bad, so we put KJ back out there, and he... Had a knee injury. However, the MRI has come back that it's not an ACL tear. And, you know, he's just kind of banged up. And he's wearing, uh, you know, one of those braces and all of that. So I'm glad that, you know, he's healthy. And he's probably going to be able to start, you know, in the quarterback battle next year. Wherever that takes us. So I know the Raging Back fans were concerned about that. But good news out of Fayetteville there. Offensive line play, though, is just hard, bigger and better programs, and the only way to get out this is to recruit, get Juco guys, get transfers. I think that's one thing the Razorbacks are going to have to hit hard is getting linemen because linemen win you games in the SEC. I think a lot of people don't recognize that just because it's not as flashy and you know it's kind of harder to look at stats for offensive and defensive linemen because they aren't you know usually the guys making big tackles or guys getting catches you know they they won't but I don't think a lot of people realize how good having a good offensive line and defensive line is but I think 
Pittman knows how to do that. You look at some of the best offensive lines in Razorback history, and Pittman coached them. I believe we'll have that competitive advantage, and I think this shows you how we have to play better on the lines and get stronger in the weight room and bring in a possible couple guys in the transfer portal if we lose a couple guys to the NFL or transfers, you know. A whole lot of stuff is going to happen during the offseason with this team as normal because, you know, it's college football. You can transfer whenever. I think another little bit of concern, though, Trenton Smith has performed really well, and I know he's kind of thrown into a situation where Boyd after that he's RB1, but he was taking a lot of the RB1 reps anyway, and he's kind of been a little bit concerning me after the Mizzou game when he fumbled a couple times, and he obviously had 13 carries for 64 yards in this defeat, but I really like what I like see from him because he's a explosive runner, he hits the upside, he averaged like six yards per carry this year, and I'm really looking forward to see his jump during the offseason. I think one thing, though, a lot of Razorback fans are concerned about is fumbles, but I think as you get more guys getting more reps in practice and stuff, it's going to get better. More experience equals better performance, and he's getting that experience this year in a year that eligibility won't even count. So for Smith to come back next year, I think it's going to be a great runner. Horrible defensive performance, though, letting out 443 yards. Lots of points allowed. I'll talk about special teams points later. Only able to force one turnover. Would have had two without that targeting penalty. And I think there was a couple hits and penalties that Arkansas got that were just dirty plays, and I don't think that accurately shows how this team plays. I think Pittman was talking about it and says it's just uncharacteristic for this team. And, you know, I'd expect Pittman to talk to the guys and all, and I know what people have been seeing, the videos of all those, that, that what happened there. I think, though, you know, this can be dealt with inside the program, and, you know, I, I think this staff, and, you know, they're going to deal with the situations themselves, obviously. But a lot of offsides penalties happened on the defense and offense, and I, I just... When you play teams like Bama, if you make one mistake, they're going to capitalize off of it. It's just unfortunate you're playing the number one team in the nation that will show no mistakes. You have one mistake, Bama's going to capitalize off of it. And that's what happened in this game. I obviously think a lot of Redskins fans are going to say, oh, you know, bad year, we didn't finish it as strong. It's hard to do that when you're playing Bama. Obviously, it's kind of evident that in this year we got... You know, the hard teams because the the SEC wanted to get their good teams into the playoff. Not out of state, out of conference teams. And then you look at our schedule and we start off the season against Bama. In the season with Bama. And you look at teams like Mizzou. Mizzou gets LSU, who's supposed to be like number six in the nation. Bama, number one in the nation at the time. And then they finish their season against uh, Georgia. So I think it's evident that, you know, this is this was the plan all along. The plan was to have, you know, these SEC teams get easier opponents. Ten-game SEC schedule is hard. Our defense is worn out, and I think that's why we see a couple errors here and there and mistakes being made because they have low depth. Guys are either injured, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of different situations Everywhere, when guys are injured, you have low depth coming in. Those guys aren't going to perform as well. They may jump off sides. 
things like that. So I think the low depth and just going through a 10-game SEC schedule hurt us a ton. Allowing 5.7 yards per carry, I think rushing defense is going to be something that is focused on leading up to the bowl game, whoever we play, and next season. But a point of concern is special teams. Obviously, we hire Scott Fountain, one of the best special teams coordinated in the nation. We haven't been seeing that result on the field. We let up a punt return touchdown to Devontae Smith, who should be win the Heisman, but he's not a quarterback. Anyway, we also let up a field goal, not field goal, a kickoff return touchdown. And then we were doing fair catches on our own five. And sure, that's fine for now, but it shouldn't be happening. We should be able to take those out and get you know, good points there. And I just think the um, you know the formations and how we kick obviously going to change as we get, you know, more depth and things like that. But I think if there's any Razorback staff member going into next season who has a little bit of a hot seat, I would say Scott Fountain. Obviously, people are calling for him to be fired, but I don't think that's realistic right now when you look at the amount of depth we are suffering from COVID injuries, SEC schedule, things like that nature. So I think Fountain will be back with this program, but he has a lot to prove in year two. I think we will see changes there, though. But Bauer averages 48 yards per punt. Really good stuff there. And Matthew Phillips, the new kicker, performed well and looked confident. So two things out of there. Now the state of this program, Arkansas Razorbacks finished 3-7 and seven in the regular season with an expected bowl game to come. I'll have an episode up on Wednesday, though, covering all the potential bowl games and things like that. However, I'm happy where the program is right now. I think a lot of Razorback fans are going to say, oh, you know, we could have won LSU, Mizzou, sure. But at the end of the day, we were predicted to go 0-10 in people's minds. For us to go 3-7, and I'm really happy with, you know, we're three plays from going 6-4. and We really should have went 4-6 if everything went right in the Auburn game when it comes to that fumble recovery. And low depth, COVID, injuries, and SEC schedule hurt us a ton. I think, obviously, the win-loss record doesn't show the amount of, you know, things they had to deal with because of COVID. You look at the LSU game. We lost a ton of defensive linemen for that, and as a result, you know, we couldn't force anything. They ran over us. You look at the Auburn game. We had a ton of injuries and things like that because we're playing 10 games in the SEC, and we get screwed out of that one nevertheless. And then you look at situations where the Mizzou game where we lose starting linebackers and starting corners to opt-outs and things like that, which don't happen in a season, a regular season, as much. So it's a really weird situation, but the best thing is all these guys played a free year. None of these guys are losing a year eligibility for playing this year. They are all going to be able to come back with the program next year if they would like to. They are going, you know, obviously, if everything plays out with coaches and stuff, yada, yada, yada. But they all have another year of eligibility None of this is hurting them, and it's just helping our team immensely. I think a lot of Razorback fans aren't really going to realize that, you know, in the beginning a lot of people didn't think this year's going to be played, and we play it, and we perform pretty well. I'm satisfied with this season, though, and I think, you know, for a lot of Razorback fans, sure, did it not end perfectly? Yeah. But you got to look at the bigger picture and what we've been able to do. I'm really excited for the future of this program, though. Obviously, today's Monday. That's the Bama recap. Tuesday, I'll be leaving a basketball recap as the basketball team doesn't play for a while. But then on Wednesday, I'll do a bowl game projections. I might move that to Thursday or Friday. But you can find that on All Hog Sports on Twitter at All Hog Sports Pod. Stay updated there. But you can find that link and always listen at allhogsports.com. 
obviously there's not really much to talk about when you play Alabama. You lose pretty bad. I know I may sound a little down or anything, but I'm really not. I just like to bring the truth onto the show and, you know, what I think about the game and all. I'm looking forward to our bowl game, though, that I think we'll get in talking projections. Basketball's doing a really good job, 6-0 and in the season, and the women's team has performed really well. A dominant win over UCA today, and then obviously that Baylor win was huge for Mike Neighbors in the program. Talking all that tomorrow, though, stay tuned for All Hog Sports. Will Pig Suey. That's all for today's episode of All Hog Sports with Sam Stimson. <laughs> Make sure to stay tuned for the next episode covering all Arkansas Razorback sports. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media, too. On Twitter and Instagram at All Hog Sports Pod. Like on Facebook at All Hog Sports and Arkansas Razorbacks Podcast. And on YouTube at that same name. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Go Hogs! Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.